On the, on the eve of Touchdown Atlantic, it seems that the schooner deal is dead. And it's sad to say, right, this should be a celebration. And I still think the city is excited to have Touchdown Atlantic here. Savage said to me that they didn't invite Touchdown Atlantic to be here. And we need the key truth speakers in this instance to show us where the potential of expansion really is right now. And that's probably not happening in Halifax. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hello, all you beautiful people. Welcome to the RP Show on a brand new week. It is episode number 801 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show. We're coming to you live from Grey Eagle Resort and Casino, the Stage Bar. This begins our 16th. Our 16th week of residency here at Calgary's Entertainment Destination. and uh, But what hasn't changed is we're going to have a lot of fun coming up on the program today. In Hour 1, the owner of the CFL's Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern, is going to join us. It's not very often you get an owner of a pro team on. That'll be the case today with Gary Stern. And in Hour 2, the radio voice of the Colorado Avalanche, the Stanley Cup champion Colorado Avalanche, Mark Moser. That's coming up in hour two. But we welcome from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, Darren yep, Moose DuPont. And how lucky are we, Moose? Yes, great hair. That the Bermuda Triangle is situated right in between three NHL markets, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Calgary. And we're going to be hearing about two of those teams coming up here shortly. But um, before I get into the preamble of what I'm going to talk about, I, I would say, how was your weekend? Because our guy, Lee Genier, our COO, said we need to bring back the weekend photo album, man, because our weekends are so great we got to tell the world but as of now we don't have it so uh, tell us what are the verbal snapshots of your weekend a lot of time rod spent out on the the deck um a lot of time in the sun i spent a lot of time drinking coffee as you know we spent some time on the phone and then when i wasn't out battling the heat i was inside battling the ac and uh i don't know if you if you caught on to this but the new season of Animal Kingdom, or the latest one, is up on Netflix now, so I'm jumping into that. Good for you. I've heard. I haven't checked it out yet because I was busy, busy all weekend. And I'll, I'll put up a disclaimer right now. I've been fighting off a cold since late last week, so I'm uh, <clears throat> a little under the weather today. It's not COVID, okay? It's not COVID. I checked. But as soon as this show's over, I'm going to be crawling under the covers. But you know what? I'm not hurting... <laughs> I'm not hurting like a lot of people around here. I'll tell you that. I don't know. Calgarians, Albertans, salute to you. How you went 10 straight days, balls to the wall. In my heyday, I couldn't have kept up with what it takes, the Constitution, to party at this Calgary Stampede, man. Like it was, it, Yesterday was the championship Sunday, and it was intense immense but basically musa was three rodeos in one like back to back to back i'm like we we're, we're still going but you <laughs> you get how cowboys would love it i said it's disneyland for cowboys but it you know <clears throat> full disclosure i had to tell some people at the rodeo yesterday i could have been a cowboy i didn't want to the animals scared me and i don't like to get dirty so that precludes you from being a cowboy I enjoyed the Centennial Cup at Esteban where we could watch three hockey games in a day back to back to back. But that's, you know, different strokes for different folks. That's my happy place. I enjoyed this, but I'm like, holy smokes, man, what a marathon. Uh, And by the way, it leads me into the poll question, Dave. This is where I want to start. 
uh, for Capital Automobile Universal Collision Center, I saw a guy wearing a Flames ball cap that said 2022 Pacific Division Champs. And I'm like, buddy, that looks like a hat you got, you got made at an embroidery shop. I haven't seen anybody else wearing those hats. I didn't even know they were on sale unless they handed them out to season ticket holders or something like that. And I'm like, well, Calgary is coming back as the Pacific Division champions. They will raise a banner this fall in the Saddle Dome. So, listen, as Canada, we're never really that far from a hockey player or hockey season. So my poll question today is, who is Canada's best NHL team? As we sit here today, July 18th, 2022. The top three, in alphabetical order, I came up with the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or other, and Edmonton's leading the poll. We've had it up for like an hour. Edmonton's running away with it, and I don't think, Darren, but you're the resident Leafs fan. You and producer Clark, would you vote for the Leafs as Canada's best NHL team? Uh, probably still. I think even you look at last year, even if you know Edmonton won a round, I, I think you know based on, on the two teams, maybe. But it's so razor thin. And, and so close. I think the big, there's two big shocks for me. One is Calgary has moved from number one down to number three. And when you look at the group of others, the team out of anybody over Toronto, over Calgary, over, over Edmonton, that's made the biggest strides is Ottawa. They've had the biggest growth. Not enough to be in the top three, though. Well, you say Calgary slipped to third. They might have slipped to fourth because I was talking to Serena about it this morning. And she said Ottawa is the top three. And I said, I'm in Calgary. I can't not have the Flames at the top three, right? I won't make it out of here alive. So I'm not sure. And but that's why I say it's July 18th. There's still some signings to come. And I've got the NHL. The Flames lost another key guy here over the weekend in free agency. So can you hit the quick six show horn, Director Jordan? And, uh, That'll give you a bit of an idea where we're going uh, in the Quick 6 show topics here because we got a lot of CFL. If you haven't noticed yet, I like to save segment two in the summertime for mostly CFL. It's a good 15-minute segment where we can get into more deeply than we do with the rest of these topics. Like, for instance, the Toronto Blue Jays, number one, who won their 50th game of the season Sunday, beating Kansas City 4-2, are sending five players to the All-Star game while a sixth has decided to stay home. Heading to L.A. for Tuesday's game are pitchers Alec Manoa and Jordan Romano, catcher Alejandro Kirk. First baseman Vladimir Guerrero Jr., second baseman Santiago Espinal, and, of course, staying home is uh, outfielder George Springer resting his sore elbow. Six All-Stars. And you wonder why they fired Charlie Montoyo, because they can't get it together. Six All-Stars, Moose. And the question would, usually habitually, this is our fourth year of this show we would have said will you be watching the home run derby tonight that normally would be the poll question and uh, i know I, I know for a fact i didn't watch it last year i might tonight you yeah i love the home run derby love it i think it's so much fun and this is where you really build the brands of the players because you get to see their families sometimes their kids you get some more personality coming out i think it's awesome and it was always my favorite event and uh, it is again and their helmets are off. Do you get a good look at them? Mm-hmm. Uh, point. I remember last year not watching and thinking, I wish I had. 
once I saw the highlights. So that's why I think I'm going to watch it tonight. Point two, the Toronto Blue Jays selected 18-year-old Brandon Berreria of Hollywood, Florida on Sunday with their first pick, 23rd overall in Major League Baseball's first-year player draft. The six foot two, 180-pound Berreria is a left-handed pitcher who plays varsity ball at American Heritage School in Plantation, Florida. Point three, Cameron Smith is the British Open champion. Not many saw coming. The Australian and his magical putter stormed from behind at St. Andrews to overcome Rory McIlroy and win his first major. Smith made five straight birdies to start the back nine, and he finished with two putts from 80 feet for birdie and a 64. It's the lowest final round ever by a winner at St. Andrews. American Cameron Young finished second. You said you watched some of the British Open. Yeah, and, you know, it was just it was disappointing for Rory, uh, who finished in third. He had the lead going in after 54 holes, and he just couldn't get it together. He didn't play bad, but he just didn't make anything. And I think, you know, when we look at uh, the fan base, I think largely was disappointed because I think the rooting interest was with Rory. He's kind of the people's hero right now in this PGA versus Live Golf kind of dispute. Probably the best player on the PGA Tour still. My mind keeps flashing back to Sunday. I met some owners of a vodka distillers company, and they had asked about our show. They'd heard about it, and I told them what we're doing, and we're over here on Game Plus TV, a specialty channel, plus live streaming. And they said, you guys are like the live golf of TV. You're over there doing your own thing. How about that? You've ignored the, you know, the huge networks, per se, you know, based on viewership it is, and you're doing your own thing over there and thriving. I'm like... Bingo! Minus the $120 million U.S. check that Phil got from the Saudi Bingo. government. <clears throat> Moving on. Uh, We're not back yeah. by the Saudis. Right. <laughs> not at all. This portion of the uh, warm-up brought to you by Edo Japan. Delicious Japanese-inspired meals and snacks made to order with high-quality ingredients. Edo Japan. By the way, speaking of uh, vodka distilleries, I learned... Last week, really early on, I'm too old for the majority of Calgary Stampede. Like these parties and the tents. You saw the videos, everybody's... I'm like, I'm way too old for that. So people said, where do the older people go for Stampede? I'm like, the rodeo. So on Sunday, when I was trying to avoid the madness, because my brother, the cowboy, said, it's a free-for-all, by the way. Just be prepared when you go in there. It's a free-for-all. I'm like, I'll be hanging out with the old people in the luxury suites. They were high school drunk. The old people. Like, I think I was the only one out of 17,000 people not drinking. Which incidentally, oh, no. which incidentally, I'm not judging anybody. That would have been, that had been me years ago. So I'll plan it out a little more. But it was a party. And with the people that I was with, I'm like, the, 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 the rodeo's out here. Why are you guys over here? You're not even watching the rodeo. You get it, right? Uh, point four, CFL week, week six wrap. Here's what happened in the Canadian Football League. Uh, the Edmonton Elks went into Montreal and stunned the Alouettes 32-31. The owner of the Alouettes, Gary Stern, is going to be with us later on in hour one. And then Friday night football. I didn't see a snap of it. I was doing something else. I can't remember. Winnipeg Blue Bombers beat Calgary 26-19. I saw the headline at 3downnation.com that said, Stampeders receivers let down Bo Levi Mitchell in this game. So the Bombers are 6-0. and I think it's their best start in 40 or 50 years, Winnipeg. Uh, we touched on Atlantic. We're going to have to get into that. The Argos beating Saskatchewan 30-24. All anybody's talking about, I'm just seeing it today on social media, is the rider 
The national media is saying this. The rider receiver, Duke Williams, who in warm-up when the refs weren't even on the field, threw, his hel- threw Shaquille Richardson's helmet at him, the Argos player. The Argos alleged that he spit on him twice. This is before the game. And the Riders lost it. Now Cody Fajardo, their quarterback, finished the game, but we all saw the ugly knee injury that he went down on. We watched the game at Deerfoot Meadows Shark Club. It was entertaining enough game, but man, Darren, it was volatile. Would you not say that game was volatile? And, you know, there are people out there that loved uh, Touchdown Atlantic and saying we need a team. There are others going, this is not a very good look for the CFL with what was people spitting on each other in pregame fights. What is football to me? I don't know. But what was your take coming out of the Touchdown Atlantic? Yeah, you know, I thought at the end of the day, it all came together pretty well. I mean, yeah, it wasn't a big stadium. There wasn't a ton of people, but it was packed. And I thought the atmosphere looked really good. I thought the product came across really well. And yeah, despite, you know, the, I don't know what you want to call it, the spitting and the the ugly incidents of helmet throwing and players getting upset, that doesn't bother me as much. I know it's a family thing, but, you know, that creates some drama and some excitement. So I'm not totally you know, you know, um, against that. But I thought it was okay. Um, the game had its drama as well, came right down to the end. So what more could you ask for to try and engage a fan base? We go into the week awaiting two things. One, discipline for Duke Williams, the Saskatchewan receiver, for throwing a player's helmet. I mean, he shouldn't have even played in the game, but the refs weren't on the field at that time in warm-up. I understand why he did play. I guess you can't overrule the rule book on the go, although I have seen it before. And we also await word on the status of Saskatchewan quarterback Cody Fajardo, which everybody seems to be turning on now. Uh, everybody turning against him, even Ryder fans and Ryder alum uh, that know the game far better than me, pointing out that he's not perfect. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, all I know is he wins. I think I wrote down his record here, 26-12 and 12 is his record as a starter in Saskatchewan. But I'm not going to... Cody will have to fight his battle on that. And so I've got more thoughts. We'll, we'll push those into the next segment on all of the CFL stuff as we continue here in the warm-up. And I don't necessarily feel a Raj rant coming, but maybe we will. This portion of the uh, warm-up in our NHL coverage and Raj rant brought to you by Bronco Plumbing, Heating, and Cooling. Tell Camco over there, Bronco, we're talking about them now, guys, because they all watch the show every day, their staff. To schedule maintenance or to learn more about our services, call 306-781-2090 or visit us at broncoplumbing.com. Point five, Montreal Canadiens GM Kent Hughes has brought defenseman Mike Matheson back to his roots, acquiring the 28-year-old defenseman from Point Claire, Quebec, and a conditional fourth-round pick from Pittsburgh over the weekend for longtime Canadiens defenseman Jeff Petrie and forward Ryan Poling. The trade ends a seven-plus season tenure for Petrie in Montreal. He originally came from the orders back on March 2nd, 2015. Petrie had said at the end of the season that this season had been difficult because his family stayed behind in the United States while he remained with the Habs. So Petrie's a Pittsburgh Penguin now as the Penguins rework their blue line. In Edmonton, the Oilers have signed forward Matthias Janmark to a one-year, $1.25 million deal, a six-foot-one 205-pound Janmark played 67 games with the Golden Knights last season, had 25 points. He's a good player. And I guess Vegas wasn't offering him what the Oilers were or whatever. He wants to go to Edmonton. Apparently Canada's top NHL team, Matthias Janmark, is an Edmonton Oiler. The Maple Leafs have signed forward Kelly Yarncroft to a four-year contract with an average annual value of $2.1 million. 
Callie Yarncroft split last year split last year between Seattle and Calgary and had 30 points in 66 games. He was a good player. When you watch the Flames, he was a very tough guy to take your eye off of. Callie Yarncroft, so he's left Calgary for Toronto. By the way, hockey fans, grab your sunglasses. The World Juniors are back in Edmonton this summer, August 9th to the 20th. Single-game tickets are on sale now for as low as $40. You can purchase them at HockeyCanada.ca. On Friday, we awarded a pair of tickets to Donna Berger and Ryan Bogdan. They are going to the World Juniors. Uh, Darren said that Donna's already talked with her. She's excited to go, and they get to pick their game. So we'll be playing our contest all week long and awarding two more sets of tickets Friday to the game of your choice to the World Juniors next month in Edmonton where we'll be broadcasting live. And lastly, Christopher Bell crashed the NASCAR playoffs, winning at New Hampshire Motor Speedway to become the 14th Cup Series winner this season. Bell mastered the track where he won Xfinity Series races in 2018, 2019, and 2021, holding off Chase Elliott, last week's winner at Atlanta Motor Speedway. So, those are our quick six. When we come back, we'll bring in the viewers and get your take on everything in sports. You're watching the RP Show live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino on the Game Plus TV network. Great We're also live-streaming on YouTube. And you can always catch the podcast wherever the best podcasts are found, including Amazon, Google, Apple, Stitcher, and Spotify. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. A little bit of a uh, cloud cover here in the foothills as we open a brand new week with episode number 801 of your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino, Calgary's entertainment destination. we got a lot of viewers here from Winnipeg today as we bring the moose back in, and I promise I will get to everybody's comment. Uh, but as I said off the top, it is Canada. Uh, hockey is number one. Uh, Randy from the Peg writes in and says, big moves by Chevy so far. He's talking about general manager Kevin Sheveldayoff. A brutal backup goalie and a D-man who will never play. Looks like Hellebuck's playing 65 games again. I had to go back and look because last week, even Friday, seems like forever ago, and uh, the Jets signing David Riddick. Remember when they called him when he played for the Flames? Big save, Dave. And then yeah. he went to, where'd he go? Nashville, and it became... Make a save, Toronto. Dave. Yeah. Yeah, he was in Toronto for a while, too. 900000 U.S. one-year deal for big save David Riddick in Winnipeg. And it's kind of sad because last year, uh, at this time, we were in Winnipeg. If you remember, the World Junior Lacrosse Championship, and they were so excited in Winnipeg. They were so excited with the prospects of the Jets. And just talk about the roof caved in like a wet paper box. Hey, Coach quits yeah. they miss the playoffs and they're almost on the on the bit of a uh, re of a rebuild here they're deciding whether they should or not um jack fulton in vulcan alberta rod how about 18 year old rocker steiner 2022 50 000 bareback champion amazing young man who was great for the sport the exciting thing about being in the gmc stadium yesterday was cheering for the locals i was cheering for dakota butter Saskatchewan bull rider from Etonia, Saskatchewan. He split the $50,000 with another guy in the event. But then the hometown Panoka Lacombe barrel racers. <sighs> place going nuts. It was very exciting. But let's jump into the CFL stuff. Um, 
Here's Tristan. Remember Tristan? Hey, Roddy, it's me, Tristan. How hey. are you doing today? How's Calgary? Calgary is mucho bueno. We're loving it. Wayne in Victoria, B.C. says the national media are not fans of the Riders. I'm not going to apologize for being a fan of the Riders. Wayne, nobody asked you to. What did I say last week, Darren? If Charles Manson wore green and white, there's a certain amount of people that would that would cheer for him. And our COO, uh, Lee, he's like, I don't think you should say that. I'm like, well, why not? It's true. They, no matter what, no matter what, they're not going to look at what Duke Williams said and say it was bad, nor what Garrett Marino didn't say. And then and that's the kind of loyalty you can't buy. I think we all know what the problem is with the Rough Riders. Nobody wants to say it, and that's fine. But, yeah, and they're talking about the racist comments. and the, I'm not getting into all of that, but the discipline issue is what a lot of people are talking about. And, Darren, you're football first. You've said that before. How do you feel about back-to-back weeks where Saskatchewan's had players that are uh, under the microscope for lack of discipline? Yeah, it's becoming an issue. And I don't know, you know, everybody wants to point the finger somewhere. I'm not sure exactly where you can point it or where you should point it. Um, but it's it's got to be addressed. I mean, we keep talking about the penalties. They're, all, they're averaging, it seems like, over 10 penalties a week for over 125 yards. And, you know, they'll say, well, Toronto actually had more. You said it in your column. It's not a contest. They were both bad, right? You can't take those kind of penalties. And then, you know, obviously the stuff before the game is is bad too. So we are, we're waiting here to see what the league's going to do with Duke Williams. And if there's, I'm assuming a fine, potentially a suspension. I mean, if he was, if, you know, he's accused of spitting twice, if it happened and it was proven to be true, if it's on video, if they've got some evidence and they determine that he did, he's probably going to get suspended. And it's just, it's not a good look right now for the organization. No, I'm, I can't remember who it was this morning on Twitter. You know what it's like. You forget you see, there's so much stuff being pushed in your face from the media these days, social media and mainstream media, that you forget who said what. And just this morning they said the Players Association is going to be busy. Do they defend Duke Williams or not? I mean, you can't throw a helmet. I mean, I, <laughs> again, I haven't officiated football. I think you have. What are you going to do if the refs aren't on the field? Even though it was caught on video, you can't unilaterally say, oh, he can't play because we caught him video him doing this. Can you? I don't know what they can and can't do. I mean, the idea of supplemental discipline is to take care of things that weren't handled on the ice or on the field of play, right? So if there's, and when when more discipline is warranted. So with this situation of the helmet throwing and the spitting, it wasn't handled at all because it was missed. So supplemental discipline can, can come in here and, and hand out some punishment. You know, when there's a really bad play in hockey, a check from behind and the refs give out two minutes and they get it wrong, supplemental discipline can suspend them for a game because it should have been five in a game, right? Um, same thing in this situation. So I would expect something to come down. Andrew Stout in the chat, he says, I will say it. I think the issue with the riders is the coach. The barfly says discipline is a joke, and it will only get worse if they don't start to control this garbage. Uh, I think it goes higher than the coach. Where does it rot from? The head. The fish rots from the head. 
I don't think it's the head coach. It's it's example. Uh, Jack points out Kahari Jones is a football operations consultant for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. What's that sound? Was there a sound effect just there? Or did a street sweeper just go by here? Okay. Now it must be. Well, there's. It's like they're doing they're doing construction around here in the stage bar, as we do the show today, which is totally fine. I can handle it. But I just heard something in my ear. I couldn't remember where or didn't know where it came from. But anyways, Kahari Jones, what is it? Ten days after being fired as head coach of the Montreal Alouettes, has been named a football operations consultant of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Did you just hear that? That might be outside. <laughs> Coming from you. Okay. It might be. Mike Horgan. Mike Horgan writes in and says, Good afternoon, RP Show and awesome viewers. Argos. Jack is the second guy, by the way, who writes in and says, uh, or second guy who's told me this. Last season, Duke Williams was caught on film spitting on Sean Lemon. Apparently that came in the playoffs. Somebody texted me that over the weekend that Duke Williams had spit on Sean Lemon before, before or after the playoff game. And I'm like, I, f- I forgot about that. So maybe Duke Williams has a problem with spitting on people. I mean, overall, if we want to sit and really talk about this, these Ryder fans that say, I'm not going to apologize for being a Ryder fan. Nobody asked you to. But do you condone the actions of these players? Does that go hard, hand in hand with being a fan? I don't know. I don't know. But as you said earlier, it, it doesn't doesn't look good. I mean, how do you begin to corral this matter? You look at, you know, from a coaching perspective, you know, the Bill Belichicks of the world, the real hard-nosed coaches, the tough coaches. You look at the John Tortorellas and Scotty Bowmans and, and guys like that. They would rule with an iron fist, and they would be handing out internal punishments and, you know, running guys up and down the field and things like that for taking penalties. Well, in today's world, you really can't do that because the PA is going to step in and say, you can't be abusing the players. You can't be making them do wind sprints and doing all these extra things and punishing them for taking penalties on the field. So in this kind of world where you can't really punish players, how are you going to enforce that? Are you willing to put Duke Williams on the bench and not play him because he's taking penalties? Are you willing to sit down you know, a top offense, a starting offensive lineman because he's taken too many holding penalties? I don't know that a coach is willing to do that. That's why the coaches get paid a lot of money. We were asking Jeff Reinbold, I think it was one of his last appearances on here, how do you crack down on penalties? And he's like, you can't find them internally because the Players Association will stop that. So you... You name your team coming out of training camp, and you have what you have. And frankly, I, I've said it. Why do I feel like I'm in remedial grade 10 English here? Like, they know what they have. They picked their team. So you, I guess, Wayne and Victoria and these fans that are sticking by them, and there are, there are many, Marlene, I think she goes by Green Rider Prider on Twitter. They don't have a problem. They don't have a problem with the way these players are acting. And some fans are turned off by it and say they are having a tough time cheering for the team anymore. I guess it comes down to a personal decision. But the point is, you some teams have a um, mantra, I guess, or a philosophy that they wouldn't have players like that on their team. 
You know, and I was watching the football game on Saturday with Mike Abumeshrick, Just And, of course, he is the contrarian of all time. He turns to me and he goes, I think you need to have a discipline problem. And he won a championship with the 2007 Saskatchewan Rough Riders. So, as they say, you can't win a championship with a team full of choir boys and Boy Scouts. So I guess it's up to the individual fan. Because, hey, again, what are the Riders going to do? Repick their team? You just said it. Duke Williams is their best receiver. Might be their best player overall. And the coach, did he not say after the game with the spitting incident? He's like, I have a tough time believing he would do that. That's what he's, I feel like it's parents in the teacher's uh, parent-teacher meeting. Little Johnny uh, dipped her, her, her pigtail in the, in the ink on her desk. I don't think that my son would do that. Yeah, well, he did. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You know, know how, exactly how do you, how, so if, if they don't prove the spitting because it's not on video, and now I feel like I'm in a Seinfeld episode. He'll get away with it, I guess. Yeah, he, he, he probably will. I mean, are the allegations enough to warrant a fine, at least? Um, you know, you look at the the way that those two players conducted themselves, the helmet throwing, how heated they were on the sidelines, both on the Argos sideline and the Riders sideline. You can't fake that. Something happened. There is something that happened between these two players. So, you know, trying to figure out what that is, it's not faked because those emotions were real. Jeff, the Stamps fan, says, I guess the Riders' code of conduct they talk about is a standard they hold for other teams, not their own. Mike in Toronto says, what's the best best spitting incident in sports history? I'll say Bret Hart on Vince McMahon. Uh, no, it's Robbie Alomar. It's Roberto Alomar, where we called him Gobby Alomar after that. It's got to be Roberto Alomar. Maybe that's a poll question for tomorrow. Moose, I'll see you in hour two, okay? You bet. Here's your hour one sports update. Pete Alonzo, Albert Pujols, and Kyle Schwarber will tee off in the All-Star Home Run Derby at Dodger Stadium tonight, where baseball fans see how far and fast the sluggers can launch long balls into the L.A. twilight. Alonzo is trying to become the first player to win the Derby three straight times. He tops the majors this year with 24 home runs with the Mets. In the Canadian Elite Basketball League on Sunday, the Niagara River Lions defeated the Scarborough Shooting Stars 93-70 to extend their win streak to five games. The Edmonton Stingers overcame a first-quarter deficit to beat the Hamilton Honey Badgers on the road, 88-81. And the Fraser Valley Bandits out there in B.C. snapped their three-game losing streak at home Sunday with a 95-88 win over the Ottawa Blackjacks at Langley event center and mls the visiting vancouver whitecaps were under 10 minutes away from moving into the seventh and final playoff berth in major league soccer's western conference sunday night but had to settle for a 1-1 tie at providence park after getting called for a foul in the box brian white scored in the 32nd minute for vancouver while felipe mora scored in a penalty kick in the 82nd minute this sports update for edo japan edo japan delicious japanese inspired meals and snacks made to order with high quality ingredients. The owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern, joins us next. You're watching the RP Show live from the Great Eagle Resort and Casino Stage Bar in Calgary, Alberta, on Game Plus Television. We're live streaming on YouTube and, of course, 24 hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com. 
Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. We open our 16th week of residency at Great Eagle Resort and Casino today with your favorite daytime sports and entertainment talk show on Game Plus Television. It's our distinct honor to welcome the owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern, to the RP Show for the very first time. Gary, it's not very often we get to talk to a CFL owner or an owner of any team uh, for that matter. I appreciate you coming on with us, Gary. How, how are things today? Are you out in Montreal or where are you at? No, I'm in Toronto. My office, uh, head office is in Toronto. So I'm back here today, and uh, I got caught by a bit surprised. Somebody must love you in the Alouette organization because between 12.30 and 1 o'clock, I meditate every day. And then they tell me I got a podcast. So thrilled to be here. But if I go into a trance, you'll know why. <laughs> No problem. Well, I appreciate the meditation. I'm sure it's worked for you. And yes, I got some really good friends in that Alouettes organization. And I'll ask you, Gary, how's life as the owner of the Montreal Alouettes these days? They're one and four. Or you're one and four, but second in the East. How's it look from your perspective? Um, different than I thought. Um, I really did think we were going 18 and 0 this year. Um, and it's our first year, and um, I thought we'd have a better record. Uh, did I lose you guys? I'm not sure. No, you. We got you. Okay, I, I lost you again. Um, and I thought we'd be better, but I have uh, tremendous confidence in um, our management, both in Mario Cicchini and in uh, Danny Machocha, and. They really believe that they're on the right track. Um, changes were made that they felt needed to be made. And um, it's a long season. It's the CFL. Um, I'm still an owner, but also a fan. And these guys know what they're talking about. I don't. Um, but it's different. Um, but I'm told and I really believe we're on the right track. Well... Uh, clearly you're a guy that lets people do their jobs, so we'll see how it all plays out. But I just wondered, I mean, you come from the steel industry, right? What made you want to get into pro sports ownership? I've always loved sports, any sport. And as a child growing up, um, CFL was it. Coming, I lived in Toronto, not Montreal. Uh, loved it. Uh, watched it with my dad. We were really close and we watched it, and I grew up with it. And then as business came on and I got more involved in business, I kind of drifted away from the CFL. And then I was watching, we watch every year the Great Cup in my man cave with a bunch of friends and parents. And um, loving the Great Cup, and a real good friend of mine, Dale Lastman, is uh, connected with MLMC, and he was chairman of the Argonauts at the time. And he said, you know, the Alouettes are for sale. I go, really? And my father and I was there, Sid Spiegel, and I go, I'm interested. He goes, okay, I'll send them in tomorrow. Randy came in the next day, and 
we were owners and I don't regret it. People keep asking, but couldn't have had worse timing with COVID coming a month later. Um, but I'm loving it. It's a challenge. Uh, it will continue to be a challenge, but I'm enjoying it despite the challenges that I didn't expect. I'm sure you do. Uh, what, what have you found is the best part of being an owner of the Alouettes or a CFL team? Um, watching a great group of guys, and I'm pretty close with the guys on the team. I, I know I'm an owner, but watching them, I got to spend three days two weeks ago. I took off work, and I spent three days there watching them go through their day from 7.30 in the morning till the later afternoon, watching what they go through. These are great athletes. Not only that, their minds, what they have to retain and do, and uh, loved it. Um, just thrilled being part of this team. That's the greatest part of it. Well, it's interesting you say that. I mean, there's... <laughs> I've been around this a long time myself. I spent 20 years in the CFL as the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. And the players, I love them too. It's what I loved them. They're very special people. Coaches, very special people. Every person's special. But do you, they're still employees also at the end of the day. Are they different than employees of your other corporations? You, you obviously view them differently? No, I don't. They're in a different field. It's a different business. And if anybody told you football is just a game, it's not. It's a game played within being a business. So there's a whole bunch of transactions and things that go on that myself as a fan would have never realized. And that's what I'm learning more and more. Um, it's a business, but they're real good people. And that's what I look for. Our organization from the administration to the actual players on the field are good people. Some maybe could be better, some need to have more training, Some just like any business. Um, but it's really coming together. And I think the organization is a great organization. We've made huge strides from the day we bought it to where we are today. Oh, there's no doubt. Hey, we're watching it very closely, and I love the uh, organization. I love a lot of your players and staff, too. What I, what's impressing me in this chat right now is you mentioned the meditation. And I've done mine already, Gary. I'm ahead of you. But you're open okay. to learning. You're open. You're open to what to learning what you don't know. And not everybody in your position is. And actually, when you took over the team and you made a lot of very authentic, very <laughs> raw truth statements, I'm like, uh oh, they're going to get to Gary soon. Uh, and then you go on Twitter and you're very open on there. Clearly, nobody's monitoring your Twitter account or going through a filter. Like you enjoy the banter with the fans. I can tell. Um, I never even knew social media. I knew less about social media than I did about football. And I just went on and started looking and go, hey, this is a good medium. People can speak and you can have fun with it. The only part I don't like about Twitter is sometimes people take it too deep and get too angry or too emotional. Um, it's just social media. You should have a chance to express your feelings, constructive criticism, get it out there, but keep it clean. And I found, for the most part, I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, well, I'm enjoying seeing your interaction and the things that you say. And let me ask you this. You lost Sid 
last year. How tough was that for you and the organization? Because clearly this was a dream of you both, and Sid's not around now to enjoy, you know, where you're taking this franchise. Um, I got to be careful because I get, actually, you'll see, I get very emotional out of it. I, he was a great father-in-law. He was a great mentor. Um, saw the future, a visionary. And my working relationship with him, as well as family relationship, was tremendous. And when we lost him, it took some of the fun away, but it also made me more determined to do better with it because he loved it. So um, I emotionally, I feel that he's not here to enjoy it. He's not here to do it. But now more for the love of him and everything. I want to do better and better with it because he said, yeah, we can do it. So that's where I'm at well, with that. I love it. Well, you know, he's watching, you know, he's cheering probably from the luxury suite in the sky somewhere. And uh, from where we sit out here in Western Canada, it's fun to watch. And I think you're doing a great job. And I've said it from day one, you're what the CFL needs. So Gary, keep it up. Good luck. Good luck this week in Ottawa. And I hope we can do it again sometime. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Thank you. You bet. The owner of the Montreal Alouettes, Gary Stern, joining us from Toronto. They open week seven at Ottawa Thursday as part of a doubleheader. We'll be back with viewer takeover for Taco Time right after this. You're watching the RP Show live from the Great Eagle Casino in Calgary, Alberta, on Game Plus Television and 24-hour streaming sports radio, available now at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Live from Grey Eagle, it is time for Taco Time viewer takeover. Let me tell you something about Taco Time. Real food, real value, real flavor. And we'll be opening up the World Juniors Ticket Contest tom uh, tomorrow, next hour, when the Moose rejoins us. Um, the interview with Gary Stern was awesome, wasn't it? And it's funny, Randy in the peg says, nothing like watching the Grey Cup and then buying a team the next day, LOL. Wish him success. He seems like a very authentic guy. And if you saw the start of that interview, wouldn't that something? Gary's like, somebody must love you and the LOS organization, Rod, because this is, I'm normally tied up this time of day. Well, it's Francois Dupont. Yeah, that would be the guy. One of their top cheeses. Fromage. In the PR department, he worked for Hockey Canada back in the day when I was uh, the voice of Team Canada for the World Juniors. Ties that bind. But I don't think it's just Francois. I remember... I remember <laughs> Going to Montreal with the Riders, whatever year it was that Manziel was playing for them, I think it was 2018, and then we're in the press box before the game at Percival Molson Stadium, and I just got attacked by Alouette staff, broadcasters, coaches, office people, and they're like, here's what's going on, this, 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 and this. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And I said, where's, uh, where's Andrew Wettenhall, the owner's kid? And they're like, well, we don't see him that much. We don't think he's running much of the team. He's not around. I said, he can still run the team, but not be around. That's a very scary thing. And, um, yeah, I, I, 
Sounds like Gary's the kind of guy that is staying out of things and letting people do their jobs. They tell me that we're on the right track. <laughs> what else are they going to say? But yeah, uh, I hope so too. The 902 text line is open. 902-518-3033. Dan Nagy is watching in Winnipeg on Game Plus TV where we were carried on Sastel, uh, sorry, uh, Bell MTS Cable. He says... Why doesn't the CFL commissioner mandate teams be separated by opposite sides of the field? Is he waiting for a brawl to break out? Well, this isn't obviously just an Ambrosi thing, but uh, let me think. Ottawa, for sure, they're on the same side of the field. They are in Montreal, too, are they not? I don't think the commissioner can unilaterally say, split this up. Or somebody would have by now. For whatever reason, they don't. I know we... I'm just repeating your question. I don't know the answer to it. But it seems like some sort of stadium configuration thing stopping them from doing it. Larry Dye in Medicine Hat watching says, forget expansion, have the Boltman play in Wolfville. That doesn't solve many of the CFL's problems, really, because then you still have nine teams. They want a tenth team for scheduling, balancing, uh, you know, merchandising, being followed in more regions, moving the Argos to the Maritimes isn't going to help anybody. Wilf in, and by the way, I suggested the same thing at one time. Last minute of play in hour one. Last minute of play. Wilf in Steinbach, Manitoba says, the Duke has anger issues. Coaches need to address this. Spitting never condoned. Well, we're going to find out this week whether he plays or not. Brady in Saskatoon. Hey, Rod, sounds like Pierre-Luc Dubois wants to play in Montreal. How exciting would that be? Riders are extremely undisciplined, as seen with the numerous fights on Saturday. Duke Williams will most likely be suspended for swinging his helmet at an Argo opponent. He didn't swing his helmet. He threw the opponent's helmet, just, just to make it clear. Had that happened between the, in the 60 minutes... He would have been ejected, but it happened in warm-up. We've, we've gone over that. Maybe we'll talk next hour what the CFL should do with Duke Williams. We'll be back after this break on Game Plus Television, live from Great Eagle Resort and Casino. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.